Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Front 3 podcast. So, it's not going well at Arsenal at the minute, is it? Mikel Arteta has been in the job a shade under a year, and although he's won the FA Cup, the Gunners currently find themselves in the bottom half of the table. You've probably seen some of the rants and the shouting and all of that madness, but we decided to dial up Ali Tweedale of the Coach's Voice to try and find a little bit more about what's going wrong at the Emirates this season. Ali, thanks so much for joining us. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Kristen. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure. We couldn't think of anyone better than than someone attached with Coach's voice to, to come on and explain this situation with uh, a bit of patience and a bit of forethought. So <laughs> we, uh, we, we wanted to lean into you, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, well, I'll do my best. I don't know uh, how great I'll be, but I'll, 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 I'll give it my all. 110%. That's all, that's all I can offer. Well, that's kind of how it's felt with, with Arsenal at the minute, is that everything's either 0% or 110%. It's been quite a, a polarising debate, I think we can can all agree. For you personally, how would you characterise just the tactical evolution during Mikel Arteta's first year in charge? Yeah, um, well, it was interesting you used the word polarising, because I, I don't know if it is polarising as much as just mixed. Um, there's been, obviously, with the FA Cup success um, earlier this year, it's it's hard to imagine that you could have a team win the FA Cup having been in a bit of a mess uh, when he took over um, and now be in a position where people are kind of questioning uh, the manager. Um, so it is, it's, but mm-hmm. they, but of course they are in, in completely dire straits right now. So it is just completely mixed. I think everyone would agree that uh, Arteta did a good job in winning the FA Cup and now is doing a not so good job. So it is, I think it's, um, yeah, like I say, it's just it's just kind of a mixed a mixed uh, year really. Uh, when he first came in, I just think uh, there was a there was an unrealistic expectation that he was just going to be Pep Guardiola Mark II and have Arsenal playing that way, uh, and I think that didn't really help him very much at the start. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's I think he's he's gone from being that kind of like held up on a pedestal to suddenly just being 
yeah, a bit, in a bit of a mess, and it's it's uh, it's gone from very good to very bad far too quickly, really. I'm I'm glad you touched on the Pep Guardiola comparisons because I I saw something similar when Dome Torrent came here to New York that a Pep assistant must be a reincarnation of him or at least along the same line of thought. Before we started recording, I went through and tried to count the different formations that Arteta has used, and I got up to eight. With with that in mind. Do you feel as if watching this team, you're still seeing a manager in the sort of discovery phase or the research phase of, of how he wants this team to look and play? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I think he, uh, when he, when, when they went on that FA Cup run, um, there was kind of like an acceptance that this team wasn't good enough to take on the big teams at their own game. Um, and that worked brilliantly. And Arsenal actually looked really good. Uh, at that time, they 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 set up defensively well, and they broke on the counter, and that kind of suited the players uh, that uh, that Arteta had at his disposal. Um, I, I wonder if that success might have come a bit too soon for him. I mean, obviously, he's not going to regret winning the FA Cup. No one involved with Arsenal is going to regret that. But I just mean uh, maybe he came out of that and kind of saw in his players something that wasn't actually there. He saw that his players could do exactly what he asked of them. Um, and so he's, he's an idealist, clearly. Um, anyone who uh, managed with Pep Guardiola is. They want football played in a very particular way. Um, and I slightly wonder if Arteta then came away from from that, saw that they played perfect, played out his game plan perfectly, won the FA Cup, and then he went away and said, right, we've done that. Now I don't want to be a Jose Mourinho. I don't want to let the other team have the ball. I want to go out there and play aggressively, play uh, ambitiously um, and and dominate matches. Um, the players he's got, I don't think, are capable of doing that. And it's kind of shown. Um, and he's kind of like gone towards that and then taken a step back and gone in another direction, taken another step back. And it's it's kind of meant there's been so many different iterations of uh, Arteta's Arsenal that they, they kind of feel quite aimless at the moment. And I think that's one of the biggest frustrations in modern football for fans is when you look at your team and there isn't an obvious direction that they're, they're going in. I know now there has been uh, more recently this kind of like this focus on crossing, which I'm sure we'll, we'll move on to uh, at some point. Um, but it does... It, for a long time, it felt like, um, well, particularly after the FA Cup win, it felt like they uh, were going in one direction and were going to be highly effective on the counter and a defensively solid team. Um, and they've just moved away from that. And it's not really quite clear what, what they are at the moment. Um, as you say, there have been so many different formations just flitting between a back four and a, a back three slash a back five without the ball. Um, so, yeah, they started off with a with a back four and Meza Ozil was still in the team back then, or Joe Willock was playing as the, as the number 10. And um, I think um, back then he was, he was quite keen on playing Gabriel Martinelli, who is a direct runner. He's fast. He, he likes to get in behind and him and Aubameyang um, really gave the team lots of threat in behind lots of runners. And if you have someone like Ozil ready to feed them, um, it was, that was a kind of like, quite a good way of playing but um Arteta clearly wasn't up for Ozil and the signing of 
Uh, Willian has meant that, well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have Ozil in the team, but um, it's two ageing playmakers and uh, the kind of like aggressive, high-intensity way that um, Arteta wants to play meant that there was no no, no space for, um, for Ozil. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just a bit confused, really. I think now they're kind of playing in a in a mid block. Uh, trying, he wanted them to start pressing, but realised that his defence wasn't ready to play the high line quite as aggressively as he wanted. So they've dropped into something that isn't quite here, isn't quite there, um, and it's it's been a bit. It's just opened up gaps in midfield and has led to the centre backs being exposed in a way that. It's kind of reminiscent of the Wenger years when there was just so much, so many complaints about Arsenal never having a defensive midfielder and the centre-backs just being exposed week on end, week after week after week. Um, so it's it kind of like, it's, it, I mean, it's frustrating for Arsenal fans to see, see that it kind of, we've just gone full circle, really. Yeah, that, that FA Cup is, is an interesting chapter to me in so much as it was success and I think self-included a lot of us felt as if it was the dawning of something. But as you were talking there, I couldn't help think of Wigan Athletic. They won the FA Cup, but we didn't think they were onto something. <laughs> they got relegated the same season. So in that regard, when we talk about even someone like Edu, who talks very openly that he felt Mikel would deliver instant results and then potentially long-term results as well. Is the FA Cup for you a little bit of a misnomer in this whole situation in so much as it, it showed that one way they could play, but that wasn't necessarily what Arteta was intending to implement? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but I don't think anything should be taken away from from that uh, FA Cup win. They they were really good. Um, they beat they beat two of the best teams in the country uh, after in the summer when the FA Cup came back. Uh, and it, they they were really good at doing playing that way. Um, it's 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 been quite surprising, I think, that uh, Arteta hasn't really been able to repeat that in any of the um, games against the big teams. Well, apart from Man United, which they did to an extent, but that was mainly just boring than. Uh, a good a sort of tactical <laughs> masterclass, but um, and Man United didn't play well. But against the teams that have sort of like uh, come at you and and have been playing well this season, um, he just hasn't really he hasn't been willing to go at those games in the same in the same kind of way, which I, I find quite surprising. Um, obviously, as I as I kind of mentioned already, Arteta wants football played his team to play in a certain way. But you do kind of expect that young managers are going to have an element of kind of pragmatism to them as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned boring there, and that's something that I think has been levelled at this team this season. I count 11 goals in three Europa League games, but just 10 in the Premier League. Granted, the standard of opposition is very different. But from your vantage point with Coach's Voice and, and a more tactical slant or, or view of the game, how would you diagnose their creativity issues? Because it feels like it's rested a lot on just too many crosses. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard not to look um, uh, past that that headline of uh, Arsenal's crossing. Um, it's been well documented. They've made more crosses than any other team in the Premier League this season. Um, 
and there's really really kind of like a negative feeling negative kind of stigma almost around crossing uh which david moyes and that 81 crosses against fulham uh five or six years ago whatever it was um has has uh he's kind of given crossing a bad name almost um and and that was awful that that david moyes man united team uh were really bad and they just looked inept and Arsenal then just putting in loads of crosses and not really creating anything uh, does look bad. And then when the manager comes out and says, it's pure maths, if we keep putting in crosses, uh, we're going to score more goals. Again, that doesn't look, that doesn't look good because um, that's not, that's not how football works. You can't just, you can't just say if we get in the right positions more, if we, if we get the ball in the box more we're going to score more goals it doesn't work like that um crossing just needs to be part of a wider game plan doesn't it and mm. it's looked like arsenal for arsenal it's been the only game plan um because city and liverpool were the top two teams last season for crosses attempted um so you can see what the link is there obviously arteta's seen that if you get crosses in it can lead to success but um it's got there have been too many crosses where times where Arsenal have got into advanced positions uh, and just put the ball in the box. Um, and there needs to be slightly, there needs to be more clever movement. They don't really have a Trent Alexander-Arnold or a Kevin De Bruyne or an Andy Robertson um, who can put balls in of the same kind of quality. And the other thing is, is that you've got players in the middle who aren't really suited to. Um, sort of standing jump heading and flicking a, a header towards towards goal in Aubameyang and Lacazette so it's it's really just um meant that Arsenal just look completely inept and it all adds up with uh Arteta's comments it just all adds up to something that just doesn't really fill you with much confidence um I, I do think that um there's there's something in the Liverpool comparison and I do think that there is a part of Arteta who wants to kind of try and do what Liverpool do. Uh, and that may be linked to the fact that Ozil was left out of the squad. Liverpool don't play with a like a, a proper creator, a proper playmaker. Um, and it doesn't really harm them. Um, they find up plenty of other ways to, to score goals. Arteta has shown a bit of a, a desire to have his team press high up the pitch and try and win the ball higher up. Um, but when you play like that, you need you need more rotations um, between the, the midfielders and attackers. And um, we've seen on the left, I, I like how they play on the left. I, I, I like it when Aubameyang's out, pulls out to the left. Um, I like it when, or sorry, when he's playing off the left, because when they build from the left, Kieran Tierney comes out from uh, left back, um, Saka moves infield kind of like a into an uh inside left kind of uh into the half space that's it on the on the left side um of the pitch trying to get on the ball and he's very good at receiving on the turn Mikel Saka um and then that allows Aubameyang to get into more central positions and I quite like that I think it I think that kind of works um but the problem is I think at the moment is that if you have it we just don't see that on the on the right hand side where uh Willian and um, uh, Bellerin, sorry, um, just don't really provide that same kind of forward thrust, that same attacking threat, and 
this all the same rotations and also Bellerin's delivery into the box isn't anywhere near as good um as Kieran Tierney's um so I I kind of like that how they build on the left and I really like Bukayo Saka but at the moment that means that he's the only player that's getting into positions between the lines and if you're relying entirely on crosses for a 19 year old to break opposition teams down and the quality of teams they're coming up against is too high for um for them to break find a way through and Bukayo Saka any any young player will go through bad moments, bad kind of like runs of form. And I just think he's having one of those times at the moment. And opponents are seeing that they can uh, cut off supply lines into him when he moves in field and get the defence really tightly compact inside the box and clear the crosses. And it just leads to, uh, yeah, basically creating, creating absolutely nothing. Um, I should say... At the same time, there were there were some positives in the Burnley game, um, Arsenal's last game. I know they lost, but I I, I genuinely think you can pl- place the entirety of the blame for that defeat on Granit Xhaka, um, because Arsenal did get into some positions where crosses weren't aimless punts into the box. They were they were balls in behind the fullback that someone was running onto and cutting back. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And there was clever movement um, sort of uh, towards the last line of defense and then pulling away into the kind of penalty spot area, the second six-yard box, to try and get a shot away and poor finishing, let let them down. So I do think that there are some signs of improvement, but um, yeah, the, the the volume of crosses is not the answer. And I, I think Arteta probably knows that. I think he's too intelligent <laughs> to just think that... Um, if they manage to hit eighty to break David Moyes' record, eighty-one crosses uh, in a game, they'd win it. Um, I don't think he just thinks that, but um, it doesn't look good when the manager's saying something like that for sure. And that's coupled with so many performances where they just create so little. I mean, you mentioned that Bukayo Saka is going through a difficult moment. I think Granit Xhaka has had a number of those difficult moments. The latest of which. <laughs> saw him sent off at the weekend for, for grabbing an opponent around the throat. And I think even if you look last year, he had a similar disagreement with supporters where it seemed as if that was the moment that would push him over the edge and, and end his Arsenal career. As, as much as we can talk about the positives of, of what the game against Burnley represented, the negatives, the improvements, are we avoiding an obvious issue here that realistically Arsenal need to spend they need to go out and make more signings in the mold of Thomas Partey not stylistically but perhaps in terms of ambition and and cost 
uh, I think it's a bit too simplistic to to just say that that's what's needed. Um, I, I mean, I always just think of what Frank Lampard did at Chelsea with the transfer ban. Um, I know he's since spent a lot of money, but he, it's it's a manager's job to get the most out of players. And these players have done more than they are doing at the moment. They are capable of more. Um, I don't think that, I mean, maybe maybe signings would help, um, but I don't think that um, Arsenal are, are in a position to keep on, to go and buy two £50 million players in January. Um, and, I, and I definitely think that Mikel Arteta should be getting more from the players he's got. Um, it's all a bit weird, the, um, the fact that he's not really shaking things up with, with the players he's got. Um, there's, there are just so many, like, so many underperforming players in there. Um, and yeah, after the Xhaka red card, you really have to think this is the kind of, this is the time where he needs to make a statement and say to the other, make, we'll make a statement that says to the other players in the squad, if you mess up like that, you're not just going to walk back into the team. You need to, you need to prove yourself. And it would send a really bad message, I think, if um, if the other players didn't see that. If someone like um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles or Danny Ceballos, who's sort of waited patiently on the sidelines while Mohamed Elneny's been getting loads of games. Um, I think it would send a bad message to not to not show that it's this is a meritocracy and um, players who play well and um, behave themselves get chances in this team um there are just too many of them Xhaka Willian Lacazette um well I mean David Luiz was was not playing brilliantly before that I also think Hector Bellerin has been quite poor this season um but he just seems to be sticking with these players and hoping that they can eventually come good whereas I think most other managers wouldn't wouldn't stand for it and yeah um on Xhaka I just think I just think He's had too many chances. He's not worth the trouble. Um, if it was me, I think I would just completely freeze him out, give Ainsley Maitland-Niles a run of games in midfield, um, see if he can do any better. Maybe Xhaka can come back in in a in a few weeks, a few months' time. But it's just he's just not worth the trouble. I don't think. I don't think he adds enough to the team uh, to be worth all these many, many, many errors. <laughs> But I need to tell you a very interesting story about what his parents did with the house keys as a kid. I think that may convince you, other than uh, your appraisal, that he's not responsible. Well, that was the big story that trailed him. I don't know if you remember when he arrived in England. The big uh, anecdote, if you will, was that when he was kids, or when they were him and his brother were kids, I should say, his parents gave him the house keys because he was the responsible one. And that was this great sort of microcosm for the man that was now arriving at Arsenal. Right. Yeah. Well, um, convinced. <laughs> I, I'm capable of not losing my house keys, but I don't think I should be put in Arsenal's uh, in Arsenal's midfield. <laughs> I I don't know if I'm even capable of having the responsibility of doing a, a podcast. So, uh, who? Uh, yeah, I I don't think uh, I don't. I'm not convinced. No, he's just had too many chances. There have been too many occasions that he's just let um, let everyone else down, and it's. It's just time to, to move on, I think. 
I think I think most Arsenal fans would agree that he's he's had enough chances. Um, there's there are a lot of players in the Arsenal squad who are either coming to the end of their contract this year or will then just have one year left on their contract. I can't remember if Xhaka is one of them, but there is going to be a, a turnover of players, and if. And there, there might be some players in there that they end up losing for free, which is a real problem for Arsenal. And someone like Granit Xhaka, while he retains some value, I think is worth cashing in on. And the players to to fill that void, if you will, is it as simple as putting in Joe Willock, Emil Smith Rowe, the the players that it would seem are are part of a very promising young core at Arsenal? Is this the opportunity to blood those players for you? Uh, yeah, it's tough because, um, I mean, well, until recently, Arteta has uh, tended to play with a two in midfield and it would be a bit, I, I don't think Joe Willock is, the problem with Joe Willock, I think, is he's not quite a number 10 because he's not quite good enough, uh, doesn't quite have the vision, doesn't quite have the kind of final ball, but I, I don't think you'd want him in a in a midfield two. Um, if he, if um, Arteta's want, willing to play a, a three with kind of two shuffling eights like uh, like Liverpool play. Um, I definitely think it's a chance to play Joe Willock. Um, and I, the fact that Mohamed Elneny's back in the team, he can do some more of the kind of like sitting or sweeping up behind the other midfielders. Um, so yeah, I think it is a, it is a, that is an opportunity, and it's almost it's also a bit of an open goal for Arteta now to do that to to make an example of Granit Xhaka. Um, and if he doesn't, it would I just think it will reflect really badly on him. Mm. And, you know, if we're talking about Joe Willock, I think we have to talk about the biggest player at Arsenal, at least in terms of financials, Mesut Ozil excluded. That's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who I read something that you guys wrote at, at Coach's Voice, a really thorough scout report of him, and you talked about his finishing quality, but also the fact that, he's not very well suited to playing with his, his back to goal. We've discussed uh, formations and tactics and everything today. It seems to me that you only see him on the left. Is that accurate? Does it have to then be a front three for, for Arteta going forward to accommodate Aubameyang? Um, no, I, I think... I I don't actually agree with the kind of... Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of kind of people, a lot of people who say he's your best goal scorer playing through the middle, get him as near to goal as possible. That's that's just too uh, too simplistic. It's too too reductive to say that. I, there, are, there are so many examples of wide forwards who are the team's best goal threat, best goal scorer. Um, Liverpool, City, or, well, Raheem Sterling was City's top scorer not too long ago. Um, Spurs, uh, Heung-Min Son, they're, they're just all over the place. Cristiano Ronaldo in his... Uh, heyday at uh, Real Madrid, even Lionel Messi had some time out on the right. I don't think that putting your best player, your best goal scorer out wide is an inherently bad thing. And I think that they just need to be slightly more clever about how they get Aubameyang into the positions where he's at his best. There were a few goals they scored um, early in the season. There were two, I don't know if you remember, almost identical goals that they scored uh, one was in the charity shield again, or community shield. Sorry, um, shows shows <laughs> how old I am. Um, uh, 
the Community Shield and then one against Fulham where they played out from the back on the right, switched the ball out to the left. Aubameyang's in a bit of space. He cuts in onto his right and curls it into the far corner. Um, and just getting getting him in those positions is far going to be far more effective than getting him into the positions that he's been in more recently against Tottenham, for example, where he's standing still and Kieran Tierney puts a good, a decent cross onto his head and Aubameyang jumps and heads it towards goal and Hugo Lloris just left, leaves it calmly to go over the bar. He's just not that kind of player. I just, I don't agree with um, the idea that just getting him central, getting him as close to goal as possible is, is the right thing. I think he just needs, he needs to play on the left, but he just needs to have a bit more freedom than uh, maybe Arteta was giving him when they were when they was asking him to drop back and play kind of like it was when they were playing three four three and Aubameyang was on the left and uh, with then out of possession that became a five four one with Aubameyang as part of that midfield four and Lacazette up front on his own and it just meant that he had slightly too far to travel on the offensive transitions so he was just a bit too far away from play to really impact it and. If you look at Sadio Mane and Mo Salah, for example, for Liverpool, they are much higher. So at the point of an attacking transition, when his team re- their team regains the ball, they are in the most dangerous position possible. And I think more needs to be done at Arsenal to get him into those positions. Well, that neatly leads me on to my last question for you, which is, it's mid-December now. January will be here soon and uh, theoretically Arsenal can go out and spend some money if they want. They can hold their hand as they have it right now. For you, what's the most important decision or, or decisions that Arteta needs to make before that transfer window? Well, I mean, there are plenty of decisions, I think, when it comes to individuals. Um, how can he get the best out of Willian, who is playing really well in the last 12 months um, is Alexandre Lacazette the man to um, play in this like in this number 10 role that he's been playing the last few weeks behind Aubameyang is Aubameyang meant to be through the mid best through the middle does he hang Xhaka out to dry like he did Nicola Pepe all sorts of things but I think most important for Mikel Arteta at the moment is he needs to decide is our results more important than his ideals when it comes to uh, how he wants his team to play because if he sticks to his guns and just um, hopes that his team will eventually click and Aubameyang will get into the positions that he wants where he wants him on the end of crosses into box into the box and Kieran Tierney's hopeful balls work, start working um, then he'd be if, if, he, if he sticks by that and and it works, I'd be really, really surprised. If he if he goes into the next game and plays with some real pragmatism and sets his team up to counter the, the specific opposition, uh, I think it's Southampton his next game, um, then that would that would really kind of fill the fans with some confidence that he I don't think that he should just abandon his his way of playing because Clearly, it's there's similarities to Pep Guardiola's Man City, and clearly that if that if he can get Arsenal playing like that, it would be brilliant for them. Um, but I really think he needs to reconsider whether sticking to his guns 
is the right move at this moment in time. Fantastic. Ali, if our listeners want to read more of, of your work or, or what you do at Coach's Voice, what's the best way to, to get in touch and, and see more of it? Yeah, um, well, just go online, go on coachesvoice.com. Um, we've got loads of good stuff, loads of interviews with managers and coaches. Um, we've got some Unai Emery stuff that I don't know if Arsenal fans will be too interested in, but um, he talks about his journey to the Europa League, winning the Europa League with uh, severe three times um, we've also got a masterclass with him where so we do these things called masterclasses where we get coaches to sit down in front of a tactics board and explain uh, the tactics behind a particular win so we've got Emery on the uh, one of his Europa League final wins with Sevilla the one over Liverpool in fact Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool uh, we've got loads of scout reports on Arsenal players um, if you just go on coachesvoice.com and put Tierney or Aubameyang or Ozil or Saka um, into the search bar. These will all come up. Uh, also got some really good interviews with Tony Adams. Um, one about his kind of like troubles with the end of his playing days. Uh, and another one about the 89 season. So they're both really, really great reads. Um, I recommend them thoroughly. And not just because I'm really biased. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Cheers. And there we have it, a really wonderful discussion with Ali Tweedale. That's all we've got time for this week, but until next time, enjoy your football. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.